Welcome to the Cherry Picker After Dark, the Patreon exclusive bonus episode of the Cherry Picker After Dark, where we like to kill people, but not really. I'm your host, Zach Cherry, and with me as always is... Eddie, of Edward's truth, the pain will be exquisite. I didn't have a, a, a quote. I mean, really. that one, that was fine. You, you couldn't <laughs> blood with it. And uh, as always, we, we've got our uh, themed episode for the month. It is October, spooky season. And uh, we decided that we're going to rank the slashers today. Yeah. And I, we, we compiled a list of, there's 36. Um, yeah. There was a there was some criteria here, and I don't even remember um, what what we were talking about. But we, I know that okay. Yeah. What the definition of what makes a slasher? That was one thing. Sure. But then we also wanted to kind of stick to just the the movies that we've already covered uh, over the uh, eighty six episodes or so at this point uh, that we've mm-hmm. done, and then also incorporating the. The final girl ranking that we did for the Cherry Picker After Dark a while ago and just sort of like, mm-hmm. who are the slashers against those types? Yes. So we've we've come up with 36. If you're watching the video version of this, you can see them on the screen here uh, if you can make them <laughs> out. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this. And we're in a, we're jointly ranking them. Isn't that right? Yeah, we haven't done that in a hot minute. That's going to be fun. We haven't. Yeah, I think. Well, we did it for the final girl ranking. We did, and we did it for season one of Buffy. And we learned from that experience. Yeah, but we're. I don't know. I'm feeling like I'm feeling very like calm and contentious right now. That I could like, I could really get into it with you, but in like the most chill way, you know? Okay. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. That's the Zach Cherry way. Sure. <laughs> chill. The, chill. Yeah. Contentious. I think they that just call, be your tagline. <laughs> I think they just call that uh, passive aggression. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. There's nothing hidden about your agenda, Zach Cherry. But yeah, I know. I'm, I'm a straight shooter. But uh, yeah. So if if you are. Um, just if this is a Patreon exclusive, obviously. Mm-hmm. So we do have the free preview. So at a certain point, uh, we will end the episode for the preview. And if you want to continue, can you can hop over to my Patreon and support me over there, support us on the podcast. And uh, on the Freddy Krueger chair, you will get access to this episode in both audio and video format. You'll also get access yeah. to all of the past episodes. I don't even know how many there have been, like over 15 at this point, like the, that, the, yeah. the final girls ranking episode will be there. And this is, that's a lot of content. Like it's hours of, of, uh, stuff. <laughs> if you, if you if just you, can't get enough, <laughs> if you want more from us. Yeah. Um, yeah. but before we kind of get into things here, we, we're going to kind of like ease our way in and we've, uh, uh, we, we've, Wanted to like just catch up on just like what's been going on. Yeah. Uh, we're in the month of October. This is obviously like prime time spooky season shit going on here. And we've seen some movies. Uh, we don't uh, know if we'll ever do uh, specific podcast episodes for these movies in particular. But we just wanted to chat about them because even if we don't, it'll be a while before we get to them. Sure. Um, so I just wanted to kind of like just talk about the movies that have come out recently just like horror movies um mm-hmm. and and what our opinions are on them and i know like the the two big ones that we've both now seen are yes. socks otherwise <laughs> known as saw x and uh yeah. exorcist believer um yeah. but if there's any uh if there are any other 
movies that you've seen that you wanted to lead with, like new releases. Um, I'm interested. Uh, in no, I actually haven't been in a theater in so long. It was it was a lovely thing to see them both in the same day. Actually, uh, oh, you the did only... the uh, the Barbenheimer with the yeah right. <laughs> what would you call the so- so- the Soxorcist? Uh, Soxorcist believer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. It it was instantaneous. You got it as soon as you asked the question. Well, no, because there was like the Exorcist believer was going to be released on Friday the 13th. And then, uh, the Taylor Swift concert was, uh, was slated for that day. So Blumhouse got nervous and they, uh, pushed Exorcist forward and there was a meme of just being like, oh, you missed out on a really good opportunity to market the Exor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, like, that's it. Like, people love gimmicks like that. Like, they could have totally Absolutely. sold that. People have been like, we're going to go see this movie about exorcisms yeah. and then finish off with a Taylor Swift concert or vice versa. Yeah. The thing is, like, I mean, now people are going to be looking to do that. But the thing about the Barbenheimer was it was so not, like... <laughs> premeditated it just kind of like happened it was something the people sparked and i think that's why it was so successful i don't i don't know if it'd be interesting to see if that kind of thing can happen again if it's you know done with like barbenheimer in the rearview mirror and now it's like okay so we're gonna have you know whatever we're gonna have. i could i could but, see it like every summer that'll be like a, a thing that happens <sighs> yeah maybe it'll be a thing now it's yeah. kind of sad because we were so innocent before <laughs> barbenheimer it felt so authentic yeah. you know like one of the good things that the extra yeah. that the exorcist that the internet oh the <laughs> freudian slip that the internet uh yeah. brought into <laughs> brought about into existence yeah i mean and i didn't i, I haven't seen oppenheimer um me neither mostly because i haven't I seen just, barbie yet either i, I saw i saw either. barbie uh I just I didn't find it funny. Actually, um, oh. John Carpenter recently, um, I guess he was asked about it. And he's just like, yeah, I saw Barbie and I didn't get it. Like just the most John Carpenter like answer he could say. It's oh, just like something yeah. about like, you know, she she doesn't have a vagina. And then at the end, she's going to a gynecologist. And it's just like, great. I'm glad people love it. It's just not for me. Um, Spoilers. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's, I mean, I did just tell you I hadn't seen it yet, but okay, whatever. It's okay. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's a John Carpenter. It's relevant. Uh, just uh-huh. give, But it's him just being like giving his most like cynical grandpa response. And I mean, like I was right sure. there because I, I went to see it and it was enjoyable. Um, mm. But I didn't. I didn't get the hype. I wasn't like, I didn't understand it. And that's how I felt. I walked out of it. I'm just like, Jesus, movies are not being made for me anymore. And it's, it's sad. I probably would have uh, enjoyed Oppenheimer a lot more. It's just the prospect of like a three hour sit uh, in a theater. And especially like if you're doing it, like the double feature, um, your Barbie is two hours. Oppenheimer's yeah. three, not to mention like the trailers mm-hmm. and all that, and just, yes, and just the, the day around it, like you're, it's it's a commitment. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. But uh, uh, enough about that. <laughs> so, I the I haven't really seen a whole lot either. Um, yeah. In fact, there's I've missed a lot of releases. A lot of things have been released on streaming as well and i haven't mm-hmm. yeah. I, I haven't had time or anything because i've been busy but i did catch a totally killer which oh i've been seeing people post about that yeah I yeah either. yeah and the whole the whole shtick with that is it's like the next in line of the 
the comedy being what I like to call like the bubblegum pop slasher movies. <laughs> like the remakes of the like old comedies or like comedies from the 80s or or whenever that have been mm-hmm. updated for um for as a horror movie essentially so you had happy uh death day was groundhog day freaky mm. freaky friday and this is mm. supposed to be back to the future and i actually i liked it i enjoyed it i think it's probably like i think that it deserved a theatrical release i didn't love it oh, like i was i had issues with some of the things uh with the movie and just like the mm-hmm. the trajectory or the characters or where they went with it um and even just sort of like as a slasher movie in and of itself, because uh, obviously like all of these things are trying, like it all it all comes back to Scream, um, and it's never it's never going to be successful in that regard if if you're trying to do a Scream type movie. But I think in terms of like that ilk of movie of just like of like taking the the '80s comedy or and Freaky's not '80s, but um, um, just like you know putting it into a slasher i'm not a huge fan of that style but i think that this was pretty decent i enjoyed it and i like the the actress um who she she was on the sabrina show but she was i remember her most as playing uh bd hyman in the feud oh yeah (laughs) betty davis's daughter yeah yeah uh uh-huh learning who can't act and who's like (laughs) got susan sarandon going when she yeah. says her lines. Oh, know. she can act, but she's just acting. No, no, no I mean, who she, can't plays, <laughs> she plays the daughter who can't act. Yeah. What, one That's of these days, we're going to do whatever <laughs> happened to Baby Jane. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I, I had an opportunity to see The Nun 2. I still haven't seen the first one, and I just, like, whatever, I missed it. I'll, at some point, I mean, I've heard them. somewhat favorable <laughs> things about it. People saying it's not as bad as you'd expect, but that doesn't mean it's good, you yeah. know? So. And I'm, you don't know what I'm expecting. Like I, I, I don't know what I'm expecting with that no. movie. So okay, so, so then there's really just two movies to, to talk about here. So which one do you yeah. want to talk about first? Saw Exorcist. Exorcist. Okay, let's let's, let's do Exorcist. Let's lead with that one. Um, you go first. Okay. Yeah. I thought it started out actually pretty strong. I was in everything that was going on uh, between. Uh, uh, I, I can't remember the girl's parents anymore. Uh, uh, girl, uh, girl's parents. See, uh, the girl's names. Um, it was. Do you not, remember their names? It's not important. It, it's, okay. it's actually Angela and Catherine. Angela and Catherine. Okay. Angela. So Angela everything. Yeah. Everything. That, Angela. Everything that was going on with Angela's uh, parents uh, uh, was I thought, kind of engrossing, and it was. Uh, it, it, it had echoes of like the original Exorcist without being like, you know, like a strict kind of like, look at what we're doing. We're doing the thing the original movie did it, even yeah. though they were, but not like, I was just kind of like, oh, there's a protective spell over the child. That seems interesting. But I don't know. Yeah. Then we get out to present day and I'm invested. I'm like, oh, her mother and oh, she, you know, all that. And then there was this, there was a misstep. I felt. In that the girls went out to the forest to summon deities or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then after that, they're like both possessed. And I was like, that has never been a component of <laughs> these movies yeah. where somebody like went out and caught it, you know, like, or at least not the, not the installments that I'm fond of. And, and it was like, it, and that, and that yeah. was so underwritten in a way, like it was yeah. never, we never really delved into where, I mean, I know that they were planning on doing a trilogy. I 
cannot see that happening at this point. But maybe that was something that would have been addressed in the next in the deceiver uh, or whatever it, it was going to be. But yeah, I there there is so much like I don't well, refrain from spoiling anything but it just like i felt like that was very half-baked i i felt like the the fact that like there's not really an exorcism in the movie either i mean oh god my (laughs) sister when if you've seen the movie uh you know you know what i'm talking about when the people stand shoulder to shoulder as as, in essence to kind you know the people from all different walks and who have different connections to the different girls or whatever and they and the group kind of solidifies and decides you know we're all going to do this together my sister said out loud evil dies tonight (laughs) it's and i was like it is it is it's funny that you mentioned halloween kills because this Uh, is the same writer as Halloween Kills. His name is Scott yeah. Teams. He, as far as I'm concerned, like the the last four movies he's done have all been misfires. Um, mm. And I'm I'm not trying to say anything negative about the person. I, you know, for all I know, yeah. he's a, a, a lovely person. But dear God, I mean, Halloween Kills. Yeah. Uh, and I know some people like that, but I'm just, we're, I'm just speaking from like a story, like a screenwriting standpoint here. Halloween yep. Kills, Firestarter, the remake, uh, uh, Insidious, the what's it called, the Red Door, and the Red Door, yeah, and, yeah, now, and now and yeah. now this, and it's just like, mm-hmm. what what does he have on Blumhouse? Like, does he is he's got some dirt on? It. <laughs> <laughs> or it's just a tight like friendship. Like, I mean, again, it's yeah. like who you know in the business. If you have access, yeah. they'll let you fail upwards if you want in Hollywood. And, you know? Yeah, and I mean, like it's Blumhouse. Like, let's be honest. Like, a lot of the yeah. Blumhouse movies are, are crap. But you like specifically mentioning the Evil Dies Tonight of it all because that's kind of. What I felt because we started the movie off and we were following uh, Leslie Odom Jr.'s character, um, yeah. and on it, I didn't even know what his name is. There was like one scene where they finally someone said Victor, and I'm like, and I didn't, I was I wasn't even thinking what is his name. It's just like someone finally oh. said it. I'm just like, oh, is that his name? <laughs> but yeah. no. um, the the whole like first half of the movie, and I'll agree, I actually it was enjoy. I wasn't like I didn't wasn't blown away, but I was kind of engrossed. In the first act of the movie, even though like it was mostly shown in the trailer, um, oh, but there was like it still like it felt like there was a mystery. We were setting up a mystery yeah. regarding the like the disappearance of the girls and all that. And as soon as Ellen Burstyn kind of comes in, uh, <sighs> Leslie Odom Jr.'s character just completely gets sidelined. He's there, but he's completely irrelevant for the rest of the movie. And instead, mm-hmm. we have these characters that you're talking about. One of them is played by Anne Dowd, who was Joan from Hereditary. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just like this collection of all these people. And it just, it really did give me a Halloween Kills feel of just like, now we're not, fo- we're just like, it's like not necessarily vignettes, but it's just like all of these unimportant people who have now kind of congregated to be the main focal point while the the people who should be the heavy hitters, who should be moving the story along like Leslie Odom Jr.'s character and like Ellen Burstyn are just completely like <laughs> whatever, pushed pushed to the side. And, and it was also completely disorganized. Like I kept thinking about if you're going to emulate the first movie, one thing the first movie did particularly well was 
expand its resources, explore every possibility, but they did it in like a chronology. Like, okay, this didn't work, so let's move on to this person. This didn't work, yeah. let's move on to this person. You could have taken us down avenues we haven't seen yet from, you know, the first movie, or even like had somebody, I don't know, just take it and make, make a different decision. But what they did was kind of like have everybody at once and whoever wanted to kind of stepped in and chimed in and and it didn't work, but they all stayed together and it just made it feel like, could we get organ? I'm, I'm a Virgo. I want, can we get some organization people like stand in line? Each one of you gets a turn because you're all just half-assing it at this point to the point where I don't really know what you guys are doing here. And I don't think you do either. It just felt yeah. like, you know, let's, let's, let's just, let's just, as long as we do it together. And I'm like, no, it's not going to work. That's not going to work here. Yeah. Well, they and kind of there was there was a line somewhere about like how like wh- what I took away from it is just that like God is just like exists in in all sorts of religions and so does the devil sure. and it was just sort of this idea of just like we can have all of these people together and it's just sort of like the power of all of us combined will you know somehow make this work and the thing is yeah. like I it was so half baked. And there was a yeah. there was a thing the the woman who the neighbor like had in his house uh, that whole bit was just weird to me. Oh um, God! How he, he came home, but she he went to visit her. She was in a graveyard, and I was just like, I really have to go to the bathroom. I think if I get up now, I'm not going to miss anything. <laughs> so I did, and I was literally <laughs> gone like two minutes, and I came back, and yeah. then all of a sudden they were all like in the backyard, and the mm. and Dowd character. Uh, was just like okay, we're doing this, and then it was just like proceeded into the the rest of the movie, and I just felt like where was the connection? Like, I where was the second act of like what was <laughs> what was going on here? Um, so, and and then the last thing I'll say is just that the the movie it has no atmosphere. It's devoid of any sort of horror or tension, and that's very like that's. The thing is, like, this is what I've always seen from David Gordon Green as a director. Um, you know, I, I, we've talked about it in, like, the Halloween 2018 movie. And a lot of people, lo- like, really love that movie. And I think it's fine. Um, but, I like, I've seen this thing. It's, it's like, you know, he decided to become a, a horror director after doing Pineapple Express and, and whatever. I've never seen a single movie that he's done other than the horror movies that he's done for Blumhouse. And... Yeah. It seemed like, you know, at least there was a passion behind Halloween that, you know, he, you know, wanted to make these movies. Like, he's a fan of these movies. And the the sense that I always got from him is that you're a – just because you love horror movies doesn't necessarily mean you understand them. And that's that's kind of what I got from him. Like, his direction, um, especially in, like, Kills and Hens – or just like, what are you, what are you trying to do here? It was a little I bit know, more focused in in Halloween, even though there was there was decisions made in that movie, uh, and you can listen mm-hmm. to those podcasts. We don't have to get into them, but it just yeah. this really kind of solidified to me. It's almost like you know when you, not that I don't like David Gordon Green, but just like when there's someone that you just like have a bad feeling about, and you're trying and you yeah. tell all your friends, and they're just like, no, they're great, and then finally like. Here we are years later and everyone's just like, oh, my God, David Gordon Green. And I'm over here like, and you're like, I yeah. mean, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying I mean, to tell you, I would, I'm the crazy Ralph. I'm the one being like, you're doomed. <laughs> 
I mean, you are. Yeah. But um, for me, you're you're the canary in the in in the coal mine. But for me, <laughs> I think it was more gradual, not as gradual. I don't know a lot of people who are uh, be reacting favorably to this movie. Um, but I, I, you know, I won't unpack everything. We already talked about it with Hall- with the Halloween yeah. series. What I will say about this movie is, I feel uh, I'm in total agreement with you in terms of. Um, just him, I, 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 that was a strong feeling I got that David Gordon Green doesn't understand what these movies, what this franchise is kind of like built upon. He's kind of shape-shifting with, you know, his collaborators, something new. But the thing is, it can't, it, you, it, you need to, it, it's walking a, a tightrope when you make a film in an already long established franchise, you know, like for better or worse, like the directions that it's taken in whatever the last movie was, you have to determine what you're going to glom onto mm-hmm. and what you're going and reward, you know, your audiences with for, you know, like recognition's sake or even just for like the sake of like continuing this story. And also keep it fresh so you're not just recycling the same things and doing, you know, like going like, here's your Easter eggs, yeah. you know, here's your fandom rewarded. Um, it's a fine line. And I didn't feel like he was even on the tightrope in this particular There's Yeah, there's well. really, like, there's no <sighs> Easter egg sort of thing. And that's like, I'm well, not a fan of that. I'm I, like, yeah. I'm not like, you know, like one of the greatest hits, just throw all the shit in there. But no. clearly people do love that. I mean, that's like Scream yeah. 6. They're just like, it's yeah. Easter eggs galore. Um, sure. And I think that that might be a reason why this is being poorly received. And, and the thing is, like, the Halloween movies, like, for for better or worse, like, even, like, mm-hmm. as, as up to hens, that still has a fan base. Like, these are polarizing movies where you're either on one end or the other. And it just seems with with Exorcist, it's just unanimously, like, this is not good. Um, mm-hmm. and, yeah. um, I was actually having this conversation with Eric, uh, Champney, one of, one of my Patreon supporters, and mm-hmm. he had said that, uh, yeah, just like even bringing up Scream 6, because, you know, I've obviously been very hard on that movie, but he brings up a really good point that it's just like the fact that it is polarizing and that there are people on like either ends, like it actually speaks to the success of the movie because there, there is an argument being had. There are, it's divided people in a way that Mm. they can have these discussions. It's not just like everyone coming together and be like, this was great. And then the movie just kind of being forgotten about, or this was terrible. And, and that like, it, and this is the thing where it's just like sometimes the most successful movies are the ones that people can disagree on because if everyone is in agreement and just being like, this is so good, those are the movies that often get forgotten about. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ones that are everyone says are so terrible, sometimes those get a, like a later life of just, you know, it's just almost like it, it was made too soon. I don't think that's going to be the case for this movie. No, um, I think that this was just, this was just a soulless uh, cash grab. And I mean, to, to David Gordon Green's defense, I don't even know if he wanted to do it. Like that, it might've been something where Jason Blum just came to him and said, I, I want you to do this. I'm prepared to give you this amount of money to do it. Because from what I've, seen uh david gordon green is not even committal to to doing a second or third in this trilogy he's already kind of moving yeah. back to what he was doing mm-hmm. before and probably for the best good yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> uh, well because also another thing like there were so many decisions that were made that i'm not critical of the decisions in and of themselves but like the the the, the, the idea to have two girls possessed at the same time um 
some people like flat out were just kind of like, eh. but for me, it was like uh, the the problem was in the execution. Like what they were both almost kind of like existing in two separate movies. Like they, even the way that the, 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 the manifestation of the possession, it's like the, 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 the collaborators couldn't agree on. <laughs> it's just, and it was, I, it, we went from kind of like, uh, what I think is a rather pedestrian approach with Angela, just kind of like, you know, symptoms coming up. She's, you know, home, she's acting strange with her father and everything like that. He's got these um, increasing suspicions, but not in it, not in a way that feels natural or that I can, I, I felt like I could follow, especially because I have the first movie to compare it to. And then you got the second one where we barely spend that much time with Catherine, but all of a sudden we're in mass. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, interesting scenario. And she's seated among her younger siblings and she's embarrassing her family. And there's also this motif of like, you know, these these good Christian people kind of congratulating themselves and, and feeling so good, so quick to just kind of like yeah. release, you know, like what happened to her and just be grateful she's back, you know. And I'm like, yeah. that felt more evocative of something to me. I would have liked to have seen more decisions made in, you know, like that, that felt like a point of view. It felt like there was like something new that was kind of like being commented on that still yeah. felt very connected with exorcist as an idea. And then uh, all, all I'll say about uh, Ellen Burstyn, I just think they did her dirty. I, I was watching it. And when, yeah. what happened, what, when, what goes down, went down, my sister and I both put our arms out like to the screen and went like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, all I'll say is uh, the last, what is it, 10 seconds, 15 seconds of the movie? Yeah. <laughs> I will say I wept because they're just that good. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, this is, if this could have happened, why couldn't yeah. this be more of a movie? It's <laughs> you know? Much, like, yeah. It's... Now that I think of it, you know what that reminds me of? Um, which I, a movie that I still haven't seen, but I just know what it is. And that's the, the craft legacy, which oh, okay. yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't, I, I think we've talked about that. We, we talked about yeah, it in the we did. episode. We did. Um, and honestly, like if you don't, whatever, skip ahead 20 seconds, if you are, right. don't want to be spoiled by the craft legacy, but yeah, Nancy is yeah. Uh, uh, in the movie to just show up at the very end and just be, she's in an asylum just to see that it, like, she's the mother of the girl in the movie and that's it. Yeah. She doesn't do anything. And no. it's, it's just like, what is this? Has, is, does Blumhouse not learn from the, the mistakes that they make? No, it's Clearly the laziest. Not. Yeah. It's the laziest, mo most kind of like, Hey, we've got this, you know, thing, yeah. this, you know, <laughs> this thing that's going to like blow their minds. It's like, no, you've just frustrated me. Yeah. All you've done is frustrate me because you had uh, the means to tell a much better story and yeah. you chose not to because, because again, this, I've been criticizing the film industry at large and the Lord knows there's a lot of criticism I have these days, but yeah. for like the last, oh, at least the last decade and probably more, yeah. this universe building idea, this idea of like, well, we'll save it. We'll save it and pay it off later when so infrequently does it ever get paid off in a way that satisfies me. And I, I, I predict that if David Gordon Green, it sounds I'm hearing rumblings that he is being, you know, released. He his... shepherded out of the... <laughs> yes, he's being shepherded away from yeah. the Exorcist franchise. They still want to make their sequels. 
I mean, well, they spent four hundred thousand dollars on to get right. rights from uh, Warner Brothers, and who knows how much they paid Ellen Burstyn for her right. her limited role. That was that was yeah. a lot. Um, I also love how uh, 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 Jason Blum was like gloating about. It. He's just like, I can make anything. I can get Robert Englund to play Fred again. I got Ellen Burstyn to come out of retirement, and just like barely, she she had to. She basically had to. Uh, fleece you. <laughs> she she basically just yeah. spent her day on set. Like I mean, yeah. like learning lines. That's nothing. And she just kind of yeah. walked around and just said the lines. Not that she did wasn't invested, but it wasn't. It was like you know, okay, I'm my, I'm done. You do, yeah. She didn't. She didn't need to be in the movie. And if anything, like her being she in the really movie didn't. made it worse because it, it was it, it just took away from. Yeah. Like the, the character trajectory for uh, Victor, if that was even his name, uh, of where that could have yeah. gone. But uh, and then and the last thing I'll just say about Exorcist yeah. Believer is that I actually don't think that it's any like it's terrible. And it's probably one of the, like not the worst horror movie of the year. But I, I, I feel that it's still like along the same lines as everything that's been coming out. Like it's yeah. all like everything that I've seen this year has mm-hmm. been so mediocre. And I'm not just saying that to be controversial. I actually, like, it's very few and far between that a movie has come out. And even, like, the best horror movies that have come out, I don't think are any better than, like, a three-and-a-half star rating on Letterboxd. This is just my opinion. Okay. And I think that the reason why people have turned against The Exorcist is because there was an expectation behind it. And that expectation wasn't meant. And that because this is a requel, essentially... Yeah. And I think that the, this is the idea of this, but it's just like everything that we saw in Exorcist Believer, like outside of like the requel aspect of it, like that's the, it's the same shit that we're getting in everything else. So yeah. it's just, it's interesting that this movie is being attacked. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it definitely deserves every criticism that it's received. Um, but I really hope that this is the, the beginning of the end of the requel because I just want, I just want the honest to goodness sequels again. I like I put a thing on Twitter mm. of just like what is your what is your preferred Halloween timeline? And I'm actually going I'm going to mm. ask you that uh because my my preferred timeline is actually 1 2 4 5 6. Um yeah. because even though those those movies are ridiculous and audacious yeah. Uh, as they get to like that, it, they they don't they're not pretentious. They don't come in and they don't act like we're better than everything that's come before. It's just like we're not as good as the original Halloween. They understood what they were doing. They understood the assignment and it allowed them to just be batshit crazy and for Donald Pleasance to just be there and do his thing. And there's a certain element of camp that comes with it. And um, I just think that with. It, like even H two O moving into yeah. Resurrection, and then and then Rob Zombie coming in and doing his thing, and then the 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 Blumhouse trilogy. It's this idea that like this is the continuity timeline. Like this is the one, and it's and it it starts off with good intentions, and then mm-hmm. every single time for every for for the H two O timeline, the Rob Zombie remake timeline, and and this new one. It's yeah. almost always for everyone. Most people ends poorly. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, and I, I, I actually, uh, sorry if it sounds like an echo chamber, folks, but <laughs> my Halloween timeline is also one, two, four, five, six yeah. uh, preferred. Just because, like, I can watch that timeline 
with all its ups and downs and not be left feeling unfulfilled by the end of it. And that is saying something with the way that whether you're watching the producer's cut or whether you're watching the um, the theatrical release of uh, Curse of Michael Myers, um, I think that's saying something because, you know, that's kind of an unsatisfying ending, whichever one you're watching. But it it's not anywhere near as it's not it's kind of like, well, the last few minutes are not what they could be of both of those cuts, as opposed yeah. to sitting through Resurrection or sitting through Rob Zombie Halloween 2 or sitting through a lot of kills and hens, all of hens. Well, you know, not, not all of hens. We, I liked the first third. We established that. Yeah. But because I, when I return to those movies, like also I get atmosphere from one, two, four, five, and even six. Like I get. Oh, I think six has incredible atmosphere. Yeah. So I, I, it, it's the, the investment is not in vain for me. And all, and a lot of the mistakes, I mean, uh, I've always loved one and two, Four, I really come to appreciate over the years, yeah. and five, I've always loved. <laughs> and, Four and five, six, five is our candy. Uh, yeah, six. Movie. Yeah, five, five is five is absolute candy. Yeah. Um, but but and six is like it. It I, I can admire the fanfic aspect of it. You know, yeah. like it's the kind of movie I think I would have made when I was the age at the time that it got released. You know, I don't think. I might have made some different choices, but do I think my movie would have been better? Absolutely not. I would have incorporated other weird explanations because you have to tie this up and, you know, what happened there and why is this and everything. I, I just would have made different mistakes, but I think it would have been just as passionate. And I will take passionate mistakes over just an empty husk, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right. This this is going on long, but Saw, saw X. Yes, it is. Uh, what, what do you, what did you, what what did you think? What did you think about that? What, okay. This is very conflicting because I've been starting to like currently marathoning uh, the Saw movies and I saw Saw X and I seen Saw X and um, <laughs> there, are th- there are aspects of it that I that I think are really well executed and there are things that I just did not like at all. And so okay. it's kind of I'm kind of like in the middle there, like whether that's like a two and a half rating or a three, I think I might lean more towards three what i liked is that it felt like a saw movie it felt like um mm. like the original run of of saw movies at least mm-hmm. um i i love seeing john kramer i love seeing amanda i think that they're definitely the strength of this franchise and i think that a problem with the movies after three uh largely uh is that I mean, they killed all these people off. They killed off the most interesting people of that franchise. And we were kind of left <laughs> to get like little cameos from them later on. So it's, it was sure. nice to see them here. Did they necessarily serve any greater purpose other than just being there? I don't think so. This like this is this is technically what they would call a Gaiden story because it's yeah. it's sort of like a side story that it exists um it it everything in the original timeline it's just like has nothing to do with this and this movie doesn't really rely on that that timeline and either way so it's yeah. there and it's nice to have but i think that what i would have wanted was more from him more from his story to actually be a different here because this is another case where the trailer gave away the first act 
in fact, like everything in the in the trailer or in the first act was shown to us in a very quick way in the trailer of of just the sort of the setup to get there. And I enjoyed that section of the movie. I was I was having fun with it, but I also felt like let's let's hurry it along here because we I already know what's happening. And when we get to the point where he finds out that he's been conned, mm-hmm. what I would have wanted to see was for him to abandon his principles and just like actually go out full on like, you know what? This is what I've been doing. And I actually put faith and hope into this cure. And these people completely upturned my perspective of things and now i'm not even going to test them i just want to full-on get revenge on them and we saw a scene in the movie where he is sitting in the park and it's after he's had this fake operation and he's so it's like i have this new lease on life and he's doodling a design for like a death trap and he stops and he's just like no and he he tears it out crumples it up throws it in the trash and that to me says like I'm turning over a new leaf. I'm going to, you know, I still believe in the things that I believe, but maybe there's a more conducive and less violent way to get my my message to people. Like, that's what it seemed like. Like, he was hanging up his jigsaw hat, if you will. Maybe. And then when when in the next scene, when he finds out what he finds out, um, and he has he throws the bottle in anger, um, and it's just like, what are you going to do now? Like, I would think that in a scenario like that, if a person was challenged in a way, like, say, like for just hypothetically, someone came into your life and they changed your life in a way, or just changed your perspective of things, and really made you believe in something, and then you find out that it was all a lie. How would a person react to that? Would they? Would they change who they are or what what they believe in, or would they just go back harder on? Oh, this is what I'm going to do. And I would have liked to see a scenario where he actually is just like, no, fuck this, fuck them, and fuck what I've been doing because this has crossed a line. And for him to actually get to a point where he is trying to or just wants to get revenge on these people without actually testing them in that way, and for you know a character like Amanda to just reel him back in and be like no john like this is the this is the mission we can't stray from that to actually have him go on a journey and come back and then realize no i'm jigsaw this is what i do rather than just okay. expedite like a, just a it just became a regular saw movie to me and it and in that vein it also kind of when we did get to the the traps finally i felt like each each one as they went along got weaker and weaker. Like the first one was probably the most uh, grotesque and just like the, the way that it was handled. And by the time we get to the, the very last one, it was just like, that's all you had to do was stick your head through a thing. Um, <laughs> and then, and the only other thing I want to say is um, I liked that doctor. I mean, like, I don't like, she's awful. She's terrible person uh, i was just gonna but say, i like what okay and I, I she was so immensely watchable as yeah, a as was. a villain type or just like as a maybe even like a misunderstood character because she was she was set up in, no, no, no 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 like she was put in this situation 
And I wasn't necessarily sympathetic of her, but I was empathetic of her in how this has all happened, how your actions have led to this, and now they're affecting everyone else in this room with you. And then she basically, in the last 10 minutes of the movie, she turns into this mustache twirling villain. And I just like, oh, you can like, I don't even care anymore. Just like, get the fuck out of here. And she didn't. And it was, it, it, it just, it didn't. They're making a movie where John Kramer is kind of like the, it, it's the first time really where he is, in the protagonist seat, him and Amanda, where we're kind of, we're seeing it through their perspective and we're rooting for them in a way. And mm. if the only way that they could do that was to like turn these these characters into just like these cartoon villains, like I just felt that it was a very cheap and lazy way of doing it. Interesting. I would have okay. rather John go on this, this journey of just like having this internal crisis and it didn't right. happen. It was just sort of like, I'm the good guy, and and we're gonna walk out into the sunset at the end with the the kid or whatever. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I I had a completely different. So now anybody who's looking for a contentious conversation, here yeah. it comes. Here we go. Um, no, because I had a completely different experience. I felt like my mind was blown. I didn't walk in having seen the trailer, so I just knew I'm seeing the new Saw movie, and I know yeah. it's a gamble because. Um, I, I've liked a lot of them and I've disliked some of them. And, um, and we'll unpack that as we, you know, go through that, that franchise. But with this one in particular, I was so, maybe it also came off the heels of seeing Exorcist, <laughs> the believer. Yeah. Um, it, I had such a better time with this one. It wasn't a slog at all. I loved that I kind of, got to watch people I felt I know now after seeing the movies that they've inhabited for as long as they have with John Kramer and with Amanda and arguably even Hoffman. Um, but um, it was the first time I was ever kind of happy to see Hoffman <laughs> because also I'm glad that I can bring him up because like uh, to speak to uh, uh, what you were talking about in terms of like wishing you could see John Kramer kind of betray his, uh, morals and everything like that, that wouldn't have worked for me because that would have felt like, that would have felt like a just kind of like um, arbitrary decision you're making for this character to now go off the rails in this like little off timeline, you know, thing you're making, this little pre, pre, pre-sequel um, that... That you're just kind of like putting in to kind of like show, but look, he did it once. And it's like, I, I mean, I maybe there's a way but to do it where he can kind of like learn his lesson. But that's what I'm saying. No, that's what I'm saying. No, no, no. Yeah, because that, like that, that, if, if there is an opportunity for them to do it, this is it. This was the justification for, for making this movie. That's how I see it. That said, I don't, I, 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 I kind of, what this movie did was actually kind of make me, because I am not a Johnny Jigsaw stan, you know, I'm not going around saying like, yeah, man, that's the way I'm, I'm afraid of him because number one, there is a part of me that if we're stuck in a trap and he told me the reason why I'd feel like I deserve it. But I'd also feel like who the fuck are you to judge me? Why do you get to be the one who makes the decisions about who goes into the trap and who doesn't? Um, so for someone who I have that much of a contentious kind of like, relationship in my head <laughs> with Johnny Jigsaw yeah. um, thus far, I was more on his side. I loved the, uh, the pathway to empathize with him as a character and to see him kind of like 
go true to form and use it as a teachable moment with Amanda. I love just that thing of the two of them in the trenches and to see like their moral codes being kind of like torn asunder by the doctor when she wants to incorporate the boy into the situation and you just see and, and even the way the treatment of um the junkie girl whose name I can't remember right now was it Gabriella uh, was that her? yes that's what it was yeah. okay with the treatment of Gabriella and seeing how it resonated with Amanda this kinship that she felt with her because she's a junkie and she was a junkie and she understands but she also sees the path and she has to kind of keep her eyes ahead like like almost like a soldier yeah. which I have my own you know opinions about that too but I uh, um I mean just as a as a means of being taught, <laughs> just keep your blinders on and just do as I tell you. Don't yeah. question it. You have to just commit. Um, but I, 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 I loved how on their side I was. I thought the movie had uh, given me enough to kind of, without endorsing what they do, to understand exactly where they were coming from and exactly why it was warranted, because I think I would have felt exactly the same way. Yet, I don't feel like something like that, it would have to be done with an incredibly deft hand to make it feel justified for Jigsaw to go off the rails like that. I feel like it could go wrong so easily. But listen, that's what I mean. Like, it's just, why are we doing these repeat stories? Why are we not taking the risks of doing that and and having people just being like, okay, we need a deft hand. Let's get that. Let's actually have a reason Mm -hmm. for, you know, like we've, we've now done two tried to reboot this this franchise twice and that's gone nowhere we're gonna bring it back like let's do something that actually means something and actually tells a story that's justifying its existence and i mean i will say that i saw this weeks before i saw exorcist i actually it took me a while to see exorcist believer i just saw it uh yesterday from the time of recording this and after seeing exorcist believer like i did kind of like i'm like oh my god like in, it just in comparison, Saw X is so much better than that. Um, but even uh, the other night, I was watching Saw 2 and 3. I watched them back uh, to back. And watching Saw X and then seeing Saw 3, kind of, I as I was watching the movie, I was more so watching it through the perspective of uh, John Kramer and Amanda. And it really, this is like the first time I really appreciated oh, I, Saw I 3 more than I ever had. And it really, it really was like, this is Amanda's movie. And that to me, like everything that happened with them in that movie, like had more of an emotional resonance than like, you know, things that happened in, in Saw X were just sort of like, okay, like we're, they're kind of like just planting this or reverse planting the seeds or just showing the, the earlier planting of seeds for, for what might pay off later on. And it just, it didn't feel um, like it, it didn't go anywhere like it did in with with Saw three. So I mean, I don't dislike this movie uh, in any way. Like I like I said, I'm very much in the middle. Um, my not that even it's an issue because people can like what they like, but it's just baffling to me that movies like this are coming out on Rotten Tomatoes at like fresh like 95% I don't know what it has but it's just like really like it's just it just seems odd that like uh, what what critics are picking and choosing is good like Megan and um um Megan uh that <laughs> <you know? laughs> 
I'm just like, no, but right. what are getting these like these fresh approval ratings? And then the, then people, audiences um, who are just being uninformed about this and just being like, oh, well, Scream 6 is better than 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 all the other movies because it got a better score. And it's oh, just like, no, oh. like that's that's the kind of like film criticism I don't like. I, I want people to explore these movies and talk about them other than like, oh, there was cool moments in it. And that to me is what Saw X is. It's just like, at the end of the day, like it looks great. It sounds great. I think that they really captured the the essence of, of the earlier franchises, but it, it right. felt kind of empty to me. And like the times where they were trying to fit things in it, it was just, they were just kind of there for the sake of just, you know, like, oh, Amanda and uh, John Kramer and, and that. So I'm, well, I'm torn. I, okay. Okay, because the thing is, like, it's interesting you using the word, like, justification, uh, to, you know, to kind of, like, discuss, like, the, the issues that you had with this movie. Because for me, the justification was in the fact that, like, everything that you addressed in terms of, like, tonally and, and the way it looks and the way it sounds, like, it felt like it was comprised of kind of, like, all the components that make, like, a good Saw movie. And the fact that they achieved that and the fact that they reached back into the history and gave me a movie with a dynamic between two characters, Amanda and Johnny Jigsaw, that I really, really like and always wanted more of, and now I have it, that was justification enough for me. And also mm-hmm. the fact that, like, purely, I, I don't know if it's aesthetic, whatever it is, just purely the, 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 the sensation of experiencing a Saw movie in the theater in the month of October that makes me feel like I'm watching a Saw movie in the bygone days of the other ones. Yeah. Like the, the ones that I enjoy. <laughs> it's, it, that was gratification also. I'm wondering if it's not nostalgia because it is largely rooted in the experience that I had as I was sitting there. It's almost like stealing time, you know, being able to like pull something from the past and experience it again. But it's not, yeah. so, it's, it, it's, it's like what I was talking about with Exorcist, the criticism for it. It was enough like the thing. The, 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 what, what I like about the thing, but it yeah. was also different enough. Like, I mean, I loved being able to experience the humanity in that little seesaw moment where oh, the, Johnny the Jigsaw and the kid are doing, yeah, the, with the, with the, with the blood stuff and he's, and he's telling him don't pull and everything, but the kid makes the sacrifice and then, oh and my, my God, sister is going so nuts. She's just like, no, he told you don't pull. I'm like, he's sacrificing. It's a good thing. Like he doesn't want him to die. And then John does it again. And the kid's trying to, you know, relieve him, but he won't because he's throwing himself on the grenade as it were to save this innocent life because of his morals. And something about that I found inordinately watchable See, like i was oh. if they i would have been fine if that was the that was the thing that kind of brought him back that would have been <laughs> fine but just the fact that it didn't that he never really went off that course so i didn't anyway. need him i didn't need him to go off course i, I did i, like I wanted doctor, i wanted to, to okay to to have a certain what about the doctor the the doctor my my response to her i didn't feel i i felt like she's more believable a person <laughs> as I grow older and older, yeah. the kind of person who is an opportunist and who will do whatever is the most, uh, 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 whatever's going to serve them the most at that particular moment, mm-hmm. I I bought every single second she was on screen and, and just thought, but I felt like I couldn't trust her for one second. Oh, and not even, at I guess, all. And, I mean, the fact that like she was there encouraging them and everything like that, I'm like, 
just because you don't know what your trap is going to be and you don't know if you're going to have to rely on them a little bit. And also, it's just easier to encourage somebody yeah. than it is. You're not going to show your cards because what if you, like I said, what if you have to rely on them? You're going to need them and yeah. they need to know that you're kind of on their side. And also, it is your fault that they're here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is your scam and you hired them, you brought them in. So in order mm-hmm. to keep them so they don't sabotage you, you got to stay on their good side. And the first opportunity you think you have a semblance of power again, you are going to just dig your heel in and just, you know, waste lives and you're and you're just going to be a reckless destructive person because yeah. you're a fucking sociopath. I, I hate you. I agree with everything. <laughs> I she was so interesting to me and I agree with everything yeah. that you're saying, but I just felt like the movie itself they're just kind of like, oh, we're going to make her like beyond evil. Like just the the getting like the the kid and all that and then yeah. uh, stepping on what's her face's neck. Like it just it it was overkill. To, to that point and and just so ridiculous and I just and I hated that she did not get I mean spoiler ish but we've already talked about uh, enough things that happen yeah, in the enough movie has but been just spoiled sure. yeah yeah it's just like it's just like like I said like the the every trap just seemed to get like tamer and tamer as it went on and I was just kind of like okay, see I didn't whatever. have that I just kind of felt I wouldn't want to be in any of them so I'm just yeah. going like oh my god and my sister and I were screaming we were but shockingly enough we were in a in Exorcist we were we we were in the theater with like maybe three other people and it was just dead oh nobody yeah point. nobody's went to yeah. that <laughs> but for but for Socks it was like Friday afternoon I think it, it was Friday the 13th and it was yeah. like I think about 3pm when it started and so kids were still like kind of getting out of school and stuff like that and getting ready to go see their Taylor Swift movie. Yeah. Um, so we d- still had a kind of sparse audience. We had about 13, 15 people with us, but they were all silent during that too. My sister and I were like, ah! like during <laughs> everything with the, the thigh and the, yeah. and the, oh God, it was, it was excruciating. I, I loved it. Um, okay. So uh, all in all, it's it's a huge thumbs up for me as far as the experience. Only having seen it once, though. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, I'll have to return to it. I may even want to bridge the gap because it is between one and two, That's which what, is yeah. interesting to me. I thought it while I was watching it, I, I thought, oh, this must be between two and three. And then and, and I read on IMDb he, in and of itself that it Lionsgate said it's between one well, and two. And I was John like, oh. Kramer, I mean, I just watched them like he was in pretty yeah. rough shape by the end of two. That's like, true. He was he That's was true. in he after what's his face beat the the, the living yeah. hell out of him. Um, yeah. So, you he know, it looks like he was sense. in good shape in this movie either, though. Like he was. Yeah. He started off looking like well, really, really rough. The thing, the thing know? is that like the first saw in and of itself is just like that movie seems like it takes place over a really long period of time because it's going yeah. like, like yeah. sideways, fast forward, flashback. Yeah. Like it's you know maybe him lying on the floor in the bathroom there is mm-hmm. it, like this happened after the the stuff in Saw X, but maybe the stuff earlier when he was. You know, when he walked into the lair and Danny Glover and his partner came in, like maybe that was before mm. this. Who knows? Anyway. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a thumb sideways for me. Okay. It's a, it's a um, thumbs up for me. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> All right. Um, let's, let's start this, this slashers okay. ranking thing. Do you, do you have a, do you want to go in alphabetical order or just because we're still, we'll, we'll put the, the preview on for just a little bit here. Uh, is yeah. there is there one that you wanted to start with? Maybe a, a big one just to get the ball rolling. 
no, no. But is there one that you want to start with? I mean, go I'm just, for it. I'm just looking at them. I mean, we we can go in alphabetical order. But how about okay? okay. Well, it's just because we are taught we've been talking about him. This is a good segue. Oh, okay. John Kramer. We'll start with John yes. Kramer. Do you want to read? Yeah, sorry, uh, I'm like jumping the gun here. Why don't you tell oh, right, us right, about right. the 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 tears and uh, what they okay. mean? Okay, it's always fun to drop down. So let's start at the top. First is a quote from Freddy Krueger in A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. Mm. He says, I am eternal. And um, I think it says it all. Like, you, legend, unquestionably, usually first name basis, you know, people are going to know. People who aren't, aren't even fans and multiple generations know who you are. You're a legend. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, but just below that, <laughs> um, I'm trying. I always lose his voice. Lead center by okay. Um, uh, demons to some, angels to others. I don't know if that's spot you, on. You, got, anyway. you got it. Like you, you know, you, you lead center by Hellraiser, yeah. otherwise otherwise known as Pinhead. That um, demons to some, angels to others. But you know, like still like rah 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 or boo picketing. Like you know, you you affect people. So you yeah. know, not quite legendary status, but. People, there are people who know your name and scream it. Um, just below that, next here is "Don't fuck with the Chuck," and that's Chucky from Child's Play Three. And I mean, it's <laughs> the only reason it's there. It is no indication as to my feelings about Chucky. I'm sure everybody who's watching and listening knows. Yeah. It's just about the the phrase itself. It's such a gritty little <laughs> self-aggrandizing, you know, like. Like, who are you trying to convince? Like, you know, like, you're, you're not quite, you're not legendary, and you're not even quite like somebody who gets people up in an uproar, but you're tough. You're, you're a tough little little yeah. thing, you know, and you're, you're, you'll be the first to say it, probably, mm -hmm. and the last, maybe. Yeah. And then just below that, we have a quote <laughs> that I kind of mused over, but I don't know, it just fits for me. It's from Jill Roberts in Scroforum, mm -hmm. just saying, you just gotta have fucked up shit happen to you. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> with the vocal fry, um, which is maybe you're not the most proactive or prolific <laughs> villain, but, but you know, maybe, maybe your story is comprised of like, you know, maybe a motive or maybe, maybe just fucked up shit happens. That feels like, like more of knows, a final girl line to be honest, but. Oh, <laughs> and no, but I mean, there are, but I think it applies to, cause I mean, we do learn backstories of a lot of these slashers. Yeah. And I do think there's quite a few who, well, your kills aren't that interesting. No one really knows your name, but you did have some fucked up shit happen to you. So, you know, like you deserve, you're not the bottom of the barrel. You, you got yeah. something kid. <laughs> and then, um, bottom, <laughs> Bottom tier is uh, Norman Bates in Psycho, of course, as harmless as one of those stuffed birds, <laughs> which is, I mean, granted, it's completely not true in, in, the, in the context in which he's using it. But in our yeah. context, it's basically like, who are you kidding? <laughs> like, you may as well just be stuffed in a corner. Yeah. Like, look at you. Look at you. And it'll be interesting seeing who, who makes that tier. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited. Uh, yeah. So Let John Kramer... Yes, you want to start? <laughs> well, I feel like we don't have to like say too much background on him because we've already yeah, talked right, about right. him for forever. But um, <laughs> I mean, I've always had issue with just sort of like the, the hypocrisy of just uh -huh. the idea that like I'm not a murderer, I don't kill people, and it's even in in 
uh, saw too because I, I just watched it. And, um, yeah. and Donnie Wahlberg says to him, just like, yeah, well, if you put a gun to a person's head and make them pull the trigger, like that's like, how is that not murder? So I don't know. That's that's just the, the, the first little issue I have with him. I've also kind of like the idea of Jigsaw, I've always been confused about. I'm not confused, but I know that there's confusion over it because like is jigsaw billy the puppet like what it, like jigsaw oh. you know john kramer is dead after the the third movie what is like who is jigsaw specifically and i feel like there's so many different faces of what jigsaw is not just like in terms of like who is taking on the role of jigsaw but also in just like the the like the pig mask the billy the puppet all that like him and his yeah. his robe it's just like it's there there's not one specific thing that I can hone in on and what Jigsaw is. And I, and I, I, I don't know if like for the purposes of this, we're, are we doing John Kramer? Or are we doing Jigsaw in general? I mean, I listed, I, I generally went with the introduction, like, you know, as far as like, uh, but it, it doesn't mean that everything that the whole mass, like yeah. can't be considered. Like if we're, I mean, if we're talking slasher, yeah. the slasher identity arguably that's what people refer to him more people are going to say jigsaw than john kramer yeah so um i think you can encapsulate as much or as little as you want um so this can include this can include amanda it can include uh hoffman or just like any of those other people who who take on the mantle (laughs) the the prophets but uh, (laughs) the apostles of john kramer um yeah uh the the I'd say the legacy by and large has definitely made its mark. Uh, but as far as <sighs> I, I'd be comfortable because I, I think he's a little bit more powerful than don't fuck with the Chuck. <laughs> mm. I feel like I'd be comfortable at least putting him in demons to some angels to others, because I feel like aside from b- it, it completely applying like that, yeah. that, that's actually true. Um, uh, Top tier. I don't. I, it, I think also looking there, at like, it, there's too much hypocrisy. I, yes, I but, but looking at it in in the aspect, and, and yeah, I might agree with you just in in terms of placement. But like looking at it in the aspect of the franchise surrounding it, because I think that mm. not that necessarily how many movies a slasher has is going to uh, oh. bolster uh, their position on this, but I do think mm. that, that Jigsaw has made a name for yeah. him, themselves um, that <laughs> we can, I, I, I think that there's, it's iconic enough at this point. And it's a very much like of that era of like the two thousands, it kind of came out of there mm-hmm. and there's not really a lot yes. from that time that I think that if you're looking for like slashers born in that era, you think of Jigsaw. Yeah. So I think that just, just based mm-hmm. on that alone and just sort of like the reputation, I could say demons to some angels to others. Okay, because right. if, if if we were to go, I am eternal because he is kind of. But yeah. if we were to go with that, I'd say he definitely needs to be near the bottom of that list. <laughs> well, and we'll, I say that without any premeditation. Like I haven't made my list yet, so yes. I don't know. But yes, well, we'll yeah. we'll we'll put him there. Uh, okay. For now. Okay. Demons to some, angels to others. Nice. Do you want to? Well, now we'll maybe we'll proceed alphabetically at this point because uh, sure, sure, yeah. Um, so next we have Alex Hammond. Uh, I believe okay. is the character's name. I don't. I don't know if there's like a name for this killer. It's like the ski mask, the prom night killer, um, right? From prom night, um, and we we talked yeah. about this movie, and 
I I mean, yeah. the only thing of like any merit that I that I will give this killer is that <laughs> he might like. There's a I, we talked about this in the prom night episode. There's just like there's a very Jallo quality to him. Um, yeah. I think, in fact, he's like ripped right out of like Jallo movies. Like it just feels like that. Like mm-hmm. this, the ski mask is so basic. But there's something about the the phone calls at the beginning that I love, just like the way that he he calls mm. them up, and it's just like Wendy or what you know whatever he's saying. I wonder that, why? Yeah, like it's just like it's <laughs> yeah. there. It, it. I really love that. Everything else, okay. like whatever, he could be anything. So, I mean, yeah. Let's hear your argument. Well, I just rewatched this movie actually right before we started recording because oh. I needed to remind myself. I I, I I will say the reveal is memorable. Like I saw the movie once and I will never forget who, you know, the identity of the killer is and the red yeah. herring of it all. So at least there's that. That's, that's you know, memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was trying to remember, like, is there a signature kill? I couldn't even remember if there's a particular look or like, yeah. I mean, like the 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 two... The two con- con- contrasting uh, females uh, who we discussed in the movie are the ones who really stand out to me. And then, of course, the reveal at the end and, of course, the aspect of disco. So, I mean, he kind of gets lost in the in the mucky muck. I do feel genuinely moved by his story, though, especially, like, at the reveal. Like, I was like, I, I felt my brow furrowing while I was watching the close of the movie. And I was just kind of like, oh, poor kid. He just, you know, he, he, just- he, he went the wrong way about doing a kind of the right thing from his he vantage point. He literally I had understand that. fucked up shit happen to him. He literally did. And so that's, that's where exactly that's where I would put him. Me too. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Okay, that's easy. Uh, next up we have Angela Baker from Sleepaway. <sighs> okay. Um, <laughs> how do you discuss... Angela, uh, I mean, love. Let I'll I'll say just laying it out, full on love uh, for this character. Yeah. Um. And again, we we, we discussed her. We'll use that pronoun plight at length <laughs> in the pod uh, for sleepaway camp. So all I can say is, uh, I. Horror fans, to, to horror fans, she is absolutely legendary. I don't know how many normies, I have to go off of like, kind of like status. Yeah. I don't know how many normies, like, consi- would consider like Angela of Sleepaway Camp like a household name. Yeah. Which makes me think she might belong in, uh, angels to, demons to some angels to others. Just because she's not quite notorious enough. I mean, she's notorious among certain circles. And when you're in, you know, you're in the club. You know, you can't unsee what we've all seen. Um, and I love everything about her. So, I, I mean, but I, I can't I, I can't in good faith necessarily put her in I Am Eternal. No, I, I, would, not, no, I would not. Um, yeah. And, I, and I also, I haven't seen the, the two and three or Return oh, to Sleep oh. Um Haven't seen Return yet, but in two or three, it's not even the same character. Yeah. So. That's, so that's, does that does that does that factor in as well? Do we do we deduct points for that? I, I mean, 
I would just because like all of a sudden it's a, it's a completely different it's a complete yeah. shift in like the impetus like to kill like why <laughs> why why you were killing I mean, originally and now why you're killing because you want people people aren't enjoying camp enough yeah like what I, is what is that I guess like where where I'm looking at it from is that. Angela doesn't really have, like, she has an amazing reveal, but yeah. she doesn't really have, like, she doesn't have, like, the monologue. She doesn't have, like, the the crazy episode or anything. It's just, it's just a sure. lot of, like, her, like, what we see is more so just very internalized. Um, and I mean, like, I don't know if that's necessarily a fair thing to judge her by because we do have characters like Jason and Michael who are completely internalized. Yeah. Um yeah. But I, you know, I always look at her and just get the sense it's just like there could be more. And I, you know, there are moments like the one where she's like, I thought you were the killer or, you know, just, (laughs) you know, like stuff like that, that I would have I would have liked to see more fuckery from her. Like just like like she knows what she's doing, because like the, the whole movie, she's just kind of presented as this like innocent wallflower um, yeah. who's just pretending to not be the killer, but we're not really seeing her um, fucking with anyone or gaslighting anyone. She's just sort of, you know, doing what she has to do. And then if someone upsets her, you know, they, they pay for it. Um, right. I the could movie see, doesn't show its hand in that, yeah. in that way. Yeah. And, and that's why I feel like maybe I'm missing something from not seeing the sequels, but the way that you describe it, where it's a completely different character. I could, I mean, I would, I would say don't fuck with the Chuck, but I would also, I could also say demons to some angels to others below jigsaw. I think that's fair. Okay. I think that's fair. Let's go with that. Um, And then next we have the animal masked killers from your next. And (laughs) we have fox, lamb and uh, tiger. uh, Tiger. Yeah. Yeah. And these guys are just terrible. I mean, the the, the, good thing, the the good thing about them is that they kind of provide a a, a comedic relief in the movie. Right. Just how how horribly they are defeated at the hands of Aaron. But I feel like this is right. this this movie is never really about the the villains. It's oh, it's more so about her. And even mm. in that in that vein, I always remember the characters of Felix and Z. Uh, yeah. More than I actually think about the masked animal uh, people. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, uh, are they as harmless as one of those stuffed birds? <laughs> I don't think that they would be. I mean, they that are effectively do kill some people. Yeah. They do kill some people. They they they, and, they do have moments like because it's like the first part of the movie. Like they are threatening. They are menacing. Uh, But then it gets to a point where there's just a complete shift and they do have like their moments of just like, you know, being creepy. So I would, I would not put them in as harmless as one of those stuffed birds, but I don't think that they're interesting um, in, in, in a way that I would actually, I would, I would probably say you, you just had to have fucked up shit happen to you. Um, (laughs) The only thing that's like more like, like even just comparing them to Alex here, the only thing that's more yeah. interesting about them than Alex is the fact that they have masks with like characters on them 
And the sense that there, I think, like just their artillery is more interesting too. Like uh, Alex just has the the axe, or sometimes like I don't know if he actually has the shard of glass that he's holding up in the the poster. But like they have right. they have crossbows, they have machetes. They, they're like yeah. they're they're prepared for for something more. And That's there's also true. an argument like, are they really slashers though? But I mean, they don't have like cool little. Um, gimmicks like you know the phone calling stuff or anything they're no. like they're just they're they're more like home invaders than they are slashers right but i would argue that i think they're more efficient killers than <laughs> than alex is purely yeah. because like i while i was watching alex pursue our girl wendy she outran him for a long time like that <laughs> just kept going and going and going and wendy you know she's resourceful she's our our cherry on top yeah. but um, but I mean, she's got heels on and an evening dress and she's still able to kind of like outrun him and foil him and, and she, you know, hit him and all that. Whereas like the animal mass killers, like they get through quite a few bodies before they kind of come up against Aaron in a way that actually slows them down and then starts picking them off. So yeah. I'd say I think they're arguably more effective than Alex Hammond, maybe and and maybe just as memorable because I I, I do think of that. I actually do think of them when I think of. The movie, just because yeah. of that poster with the with the the fox that's, head. That's on fair. It. Yeah, I, you know what? Yeah. You're, you're right. Um, okay, so are we are we going for you? Just got to have fucked up shit happen to you. Yeah, because they do, and they're just over Alex. I'd say. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All cool. right. So, I think we're gonna cap the preview uh, aspect of this episode. So, um, thank you for for watching or listening to our uh, ramblings yeah. about uh, socks and uh, ex- exorcist believer um, yeah. and and the and the few. Uh, rankings that we've done so far but if you do want to watch or listen to the rest of this episode please head over to my patreon and support us there uh you're really doing god's work uh helping us out with the podcast because 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 this stuff uh it ain't easy and uh we appreciate every little (laughs) bit of support that we do get here um and and yeah there's bonus material so uh we'd really appreciate it and uh i promise you guys will have a good time but uh, other than that thank you for watching and listening and we'll see you next week for what's the oh. what's the regular episode oh we're doing that one where uh trick-or-treat motherfucker right <laughs> we are doing halloween resurrection, halloween resurrection. on yeah. for our halloween Released on Halloween this year. Uh, We're we're getting it out of the way. We we got a lot to say about that one. So uh, we do. If you don't, if you don't stick around for the the Patreon uh, episode, uh, we'll we'll talk to you about Halloween Resurrection next month. So thank you for thank you for listening.